If it's a period, just face it head on. Yeah. It's going to be there anyway. Just face it head on. Go ahead and do it. And a lot of times I've learned facing my fear head on, the situation actually come out better than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Two Stubborn to Fail podcast. I am your host, Darren Perkins. Um, on this podcast, we like to tell stories about overcoming adversity. Um, today's guest, we got a got a real special guest, which I just found out, you know, he's from the city. So I'm even more excited about that. Um, public speaker, published author, some call the the voice of the underdog. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Jerry Smith. How you doing? I'm doing good. Man. I'm doing good. good. Appreciate that. Oh uh, yeah, man. When yeah, you show, when you reached out, you know that that uh, it's a testament to, you know, it kind of validates me a little bit you know, for people to to reach out to me and want to be a part of something that I do. Yeah, that's so that's special, what you got going on, especially man. So I appreciate. Keep you. doing what you're doing. Man. Pre- I love it. It's funny how it just it feels like it's all coming together because I started last November um, with the podcast and I just didn't really know what to expect from it. Yeah. Um, I also like to to add that this is the first episode since hitting two hundred subscribers. Oh yeah, yeah, we just hit we just hit two hundred subscribers. So they gonna go. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Congratulations! So the more people I meet, the more relationships I build, the more I, uh, I guess, promote it, you know, and yeah. and you know, just with time. But yeah, I'm, I'm really networking. Yeah, so I'm it. I'm really excited about it. Um, but we just gonna hop right into it. Um, of course, we told. Uh, we talked a little bit about you being from Union. Um, how was it? How was it growing up there, and then you know moving? Talk a little bit about yeah. your childhood. Um, yeah, so I grew up. I grew up in Union. I was born in Union. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Union and Killing. Okay. Uh, so that's why I did a lot of my childhood early years of right. growing up. Then my mom moved to Georgia. Mm-hmm. I might be about six, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just live the rest of my life in Georgia. Okay. Um, but I, I would frequently come back here in the summer, right. spring breaks and things like that, mm-hmm. and see my family. But I did a lot of my growing up in Georgia. So mm-hmm. most of my memories are in Georgia. Uh, I'm still learning a lot of my family in Union, yeah. but uh, nevertheless, Union is home. So. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I started at, man. That's just born, born in Union, man, and growing up in the countryside of Kelly. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Tell me a little bit about your first introduction into entrepreneurship. My first introduction? Mm-hmm. Uh, my very first introduction into entrepreneurship was when I actually came to South Carolina mm-hmm. on spring break uh, cutting grass. Okay. So my uncle-in-law, he, um, he just wanted me and my, well, he wanted his son, mm-hmm. which is my cousin now. Right. Uh, he wanted all of us to, you know, just start learning how to do for self. So, mm-hmm. He said, hey, I'll grab a lawnmower and just go start knocking door to door. You know, and my cousin, they 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 went with it. Yeah. They wanted to do it. Me personally, I, you know, and and with them, you know, they grew up in a different way. So right. with me, I was like, I had to do it. So mm-hmm. I don't know, I need me no money. Yeah. It's like me, I'm gonna go knock on your door. Uh-huh. You might not want to right. go so but I am. So yeah. that was my first taste of entrepreneurship, man, and it felt good. I was able to just grab a lawnmower, go door to door. I was going around Spartanburg. Uh-huh. Uh, film screen breaks and just knocking on people's door and like cold knocking. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, you know. And I was like, well, what if you, what if you charge? You know, I mean, no, no, they asked me how much I charge. I said, well, whatever you want to 
Trusted me enough sometimes to like they leave out of town and say, Yeah, just come over, cut my car. Oh, and, <laughs> and it's like they they tilt me very well, mm-hmm. like way over the, the like, because I would only, even when they did ask me how much I would charge, I would say maybe $40 or something mm-hmm. like that. But man, they'll tip me like $100 and oh, stuff. So, but it all goes back to um, taking care of the customers. So, my main goal was to make sure they were satisfied. Mm-hmm. And they were satisfied. I wouldn't believe until they were satisfied with their yard. Right. So, it taught me early on how to take care of people. So, I mean, when people ask me about business, I say, I'm in the people business. Yes, yeah, I like that. I'm in the business to serve others. Uh-huh. Um, I'm in the business to serve people. I'm not in the business just to make all the money. I'm in the business to genuinely see somebody else put a, put a smile on their face, right. however they may be. You know, I like that. I like that. Customer service is huge in in building relationships as well. Yeah. Um, so, at what point did you get into writing? Um, so, I always been a writer in school. Mm-hmm. I wrote essays a lot. I used to like it. I used to be in English class. Right. Um, I used to kill it. But when I and then I used to start writing music. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I used to be wanting to be a rapper, okay. like, they back in high school. <laughs> but what actually got me into writing books, mm-hmm. um, I used to be just talking and sharing my story with people, mm-hmm. and people would be like, "Hey man, you should you should write a book." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "You write a book? I ain't, I ain't done enough in life, you know, right. to write a book." At this time, when I released my first book, I was only uh, 26. Mm-hmm. 27, maybe two, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't done enough in life to write a book. And then like, people are like, no, you have. Bro. Yeah. Like, you got a story, you can help somebody. Right. So I'm like, all right, so let me start working on it. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just see where it goes. So I wrote it, man, and I love the whole writing process. It's mm-hmm. like, man, like actually writing, it allowed me to um, just flow with my own words mm-hmm. and, and just knowing that I don't care if somebody take one sentence from the book, I help somebody. Right. So it's like, man, like, and that's what really motivated me to really, really start writing. <laughs> just from other people just telling me, like, hey, you should do that. Man. Like, you should write. You should be a speaker. Man. You should. People even told I should be a preacher. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about a preacher now. I mean, I'm still human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but on the real, man, it's like, you know, just having that support from strangers. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know these people. And yeah. it's like, man, you should write a book. It's like, man, the rest is doing history, man. So I've just been loving writing ever since. That's a dope story. And it's, it, it's funny that, like like you said in the beginning, when when it was first mentioned to you, like it wasn't even a thought of yours. Yeah, you right. Didn't, yeah, it you didn't even that. have it on your mind. <laughs> yeah. But you fast forward, and now you're on book number two. Yeah. So yeah. it's funny how, you know, 
planting seeds and and how how that can come to fruition with just you know who knows if you would have ever written a book if nobody ever told you. you no, know? That's true. I never even right. I never even thought about even being an author, mm-hmm. let alone the self-published author, yeah. the own publishing company. So it's like, man, like how you go from not even thinking right. about writing to now <laughs> you got a publishing company, hey. you with your self-publish your own book. So it's like, man, it's crazy sometimes to like think about it. But yeah, man, I appreciate those people for pushing me to do right. it. I really do. So yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. That's dope. So how does one become an author? What what are some of those beginning steps? Um, some of the beginning steps to become an author uh, is really getting out your own way. Mm-hmm. You know, I meet a lot of people, and I struggled with it early on when I started writing the book. Right. I meet a lot of people that say, "Man, I want to write a book. I've been writing a book for like ten years, yeah. and I ain't published it." Uh-huh. The first step is getting out your own way. Yeah. You know, uh, get out the writer's block. You know, just you know. Isolating yourself so you can truly flow with your writing. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting out your own way, man. That's the first step. A lot of people think the writing part is the hard part. Right. It's not. It's actually for me mm-hmm. anyway. It's actually the easy part. It's mm-hmm. actually the, the hard part is 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 the other stuff that come with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the, the publishing, mm-hmm. uh, making sure every you know get with my editor, get with, you know grabbing a whole team right. behind it because mm-hmm. it takes a whole. It really takes a whole team for. Mm-hmm. For a book project, mm-hmm. even though my face is on the cover, right. I got a whole team that helps me right. produce it. So, right. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the first step, man, just get out your own way. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the very first step I would tell anybody. Just get out your own way. Just, just start writing. Just let it flow. Don't overthink it. Right. A lot of people they overthink it. I don't know what to write about. Just, just let it flow. Just let it. It'll come to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if especially if it's something that's that's true mm-hmm. and that's coming from here, it, it, it'll, it'll come to you. I think that's a real relatable skill because I think initially, like well, whatever you do, you got to get out your own way. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's like the the first step. It's that fear of what if it doesn't work, right? right you know, and right. once you realize that the worst thing is a no, or the worst thing is that it it flops. Hey, you try. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the main thing is getting out of your own way, like you said, and. And producing it, because once you produce it, then you can worry about the other stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, then you work. Because I think a lot of people just worry about steps that that it's really none of their business. The, your main goal is to write that book. Your main goal is to create that podcast. Worry about the other stuff later. Right. right. You know, right. the thing that has that you need to create, go ahead and do that, and everything else will take care of itself. I agree, man. Yeah. I agree. That, that's true. <laughs> so that's dope. That that skill. Um, transfers to everything um what would you what would be some tips that you would have for somebody who's looking to write their first book um uh, some tips looking to write their first book um i would say one tip is get you a mentor Mm -hmm. get you somebody that has done it get you somebody that has went through the process It'll help your process be a lot easier. Right. You know, um, when I started actually getting serious with my first book, I actually reached out. I got a mentor, Ash Cash, Mm -hmm. um, out in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, He's from New York, but he down in Atlanta now. He don't know a lot of books. So Mm -hmm. I reached out to him. He had had a a book writing program. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to him. Uh, I paid him for the program, paid him for the mentorship. Mm -hmm. He showed me the game, the whole thing from A to Z on how to, 
go from the writing to the publishing to the marketing to everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, my one tip I would say just definitely get a mentor. Right. Um, another tip I would say when it comes to being an author is to uh, outline your thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, or have your thoughts organized. Right. Have your have your content organized that way you're not you're not all over the place. Right. right. I think a lot of times, you know, we, we we get into writing projects and we be all over the place right. because we don't got it organized. Mm -hmm. So organization is definitely a good tip I've learned over the young. Just mm -hmm. being organized. It, it, it makes everything the whole process a lot smoother. Right. Um yeah, man, those those are two those are two of my tip, first tips that come to mind when I think about author, man, just having a mentor and being organized. Oh, also having a team. Okay. I, I got I got to stress that because being an author is it can be a lonely road. Mm -hmm. It can be it, it can be one that's that that's like man like you have doubts in your head sometimes like man can I really do this can I but if you got a team behind you got people that's right to support you that's pushing you help you push that book bring that book to reality mm -hmm. it's like man like that's love so that's another tip I would say just. You know, networking with people, having a good team, man. So between mentorship, organization, and uh, building a team, you got it. You know, man. It's crazy. It's like that's another thing that just translates to entrepreneurship in general. Like all yeah. of that stuff that you named is just stuff that you need for any yeah. business to yeah, thrive. I agree. You know, because <laughs> I mean, you got to have a team at some point. You can't do it by yourself. You, by yourself. you need a mentor. You need somebody to look up to, ask for guidance, and just, if nothing else, somebody that you can see where you're going. Because right. just because, you know, all mentors aren't people that you pick up the phone and call. Mm -hmm. Some people you can admire from afar mm -hmm. and and use that as proof that it can happen for you. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and and that's, that's, I think that's a big tip for anybody out there is just, even if you can't really uh, necessarily afford a mentor or, you know, have those people around you, that's what the Internet is for. Social media is full of people that you can yeah, um, aspire to be and, you know, just watch what they do and emulate it. Not copy, emulate, you know, come up with your own formula, but it's nothing wrong with admiring somebody from yeah. afar. And that's key to say that mm -hmm. you're emulating, not copy. This is different. Big difference. But you can, it's okay to emulate. Yeah. It, it, it's okay because... The way I see it, man, it's, it's uh, what you want to do has already been done before. Yeah, <laughs> just find somebody that that's did it and that has done it well, mm -hmm. and learn from them. It's already been done before. You know what I'm saying? We we don't recreate. It's hardly ever like you got people that are um, innovators mm -hmm. or creators, or you got people that that are that that may create something brand new. Right. But then more more often than not, you got people that. I already done done what you want to do. Mm -hmm. You just got to figure out, okay, how can I learn from them, and how can I bring that game to me, right? And how can I learn the game, do what I need to do for it. But yeah, emulating is definitely key. And you know what? To me, it resonates the most with music. It seems like the mm -hmm. more music that I hear, especially older music, you start to realize, damn, this was sampled. This was sampled from this. And then it might have been sampled maybe three or four yeah. times before you it, something dropped mm -hmm. in 2022 that's it's new, mm -hmm. you know, with a twist on it. But, you know, it was something that they just remixed or, mm -hmm. or sampled that yeah, they made it sound even better. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All they did was just emulate it. 
Mm-hmm. They took a song from the 70s that was hot in the 70s. They just brought it back in 2022. Or they just used the bass line. And they just used, yeah. <laughs> they just used the bass line. Something simple, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, that's dope. Um, so what's what's your process like when 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 you get in book mode? What what is the some of the things that you do um, to make sure that you're pushing out a good product? Um, my process for myself uh, when I'm in book mode, like the second book. This year I w- I've been in book mode all year. Mm-hmm. On this, I just released my second book last Friday. Mm-hmm. So, um, but my process is I make sure I'm scheduling. Mm-hmm. I make sure my schedule is organized. I make sure I put time on my calendar to write. Yeah. Not just oh, I do like my feel like mm-hmm. no. Put a put a put a date. I mean put a put a time on the schedule. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to be in my office right now this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, my process is I start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. So I put my release date. Like I knew last year I was gonna release my book this year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I I put my release date out there for myself. Right. Uh, without without telling my audience first, but I put it for myself. So, okay, this is the date I will release my second. Mm-hmm. And then I have to work backwards from there. Okay, well, what do I need to do to get to that day? Mm-hmm. So now I need to start here. Okay, hey, now I'm in planning phase. I'm mm-hmm. in planning mode. Okay, let me write down my notes. Let me, let me do some research. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. All right, now I got my got that got got that gathered. Now I'm moving to the next phase. Mm-hmm. Now I start writing, um, scheduling my uh, my writing times, mm-hmm. blocking out my writing times. Um, being a father and a husband, that's very that's very important because I got a whole family to take care right. of. So I gotta block out time for me to write and focus on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that's some of some of the things I go through with my process of. And then my third phase, once I get done the writing, mm-hmm. like I said, as I get done the writing, uh, the rest is kind of down the hill. Right. I got uh, I send it to my editor. My graphic designer, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Kind of tidy up. Then I go into the phase I'm in now, mm-hmm. which is uh, the marketing and the promo line and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. all of that ties in together. But it's a it's a it's a good process. Right. But you 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 gotta plan it out and be strategic with mm-hmm. the process. But I always start with the end of my I put like at least date up. And sometimes, man, when I and then when I know that I'm pretty certain on that release date. I would eat, then I would share that release date to my audience. So mm-hmm. now I'm holding myself more accountable mm-hmm. because I done told these people I got a book coming. Right. I got a book coming on that day. So I need to make sure I deliver it on that day. And I can't, I would feel like I let them down if I don't release that book on that day. Man. So I knew a year ago I was going to release the book today. I knew a year ago I was going to do this conference that's right. You know, so you, I always start the end of mind for me. Anytime I start my process on, on anything. So what I what I hear from that is being intentional about you real mm-hmm. real intentional about your goals. You know, like you said, you put that date out there. You you holding yourself accountable. You you scheduling time to just write. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and making it like I said, real being real intentional about your goals. That way, there is no excuse because mm-hmm. when you eliminate the excuses, you don't have anything. Yeah, Let, just get to work. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just do the work. <laughs> yeah, man, that's dope. So, just for just the writing portion, how how would you how long would you say it takes you just to write the book? How long? Mm-hmm. That 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 that's question. That that one I I get that a lot. That varies. Mm-hmm. It varies depending on what I'm writing. Right. 
But these these books I'm writing, um, share my personal stories and experiences and stuff. Um, really, when I really hone in, mm-hmm. it, 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 I can really get a book done in like a month. Okay. Writing a lot. Just writing, yeah. Yeah, if, 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 I, if I really just, like, and that's my rough draft. Right. That, that, that's my rough draft first main script. I can really be done in like a month, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but from A to Z, the whole writing, because mind you, I, I do the, that's the first draft. Mm-hmm. I send it to my editor, they kick it back, we go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So for me to get to the final manuscript, um, it normally takes me about a good three months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, about, enough, about a good three months for the whole entire writing process. But, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, about three months, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that seems pretty thorough, and and that's honestly that's what I thought. I thought like like you said, once you hone in on the project and you and you figure out what you're writing about, it really doesn't take that long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know some authors they write a book in twenty four hours. You know, uh, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, right there. yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, I'm not that. <laughs> not me. But but uh, yeah. I, I guess it all. Then I guess it all kind of go back to. Um, people in their lifestyle, how much time can you allocate to right. You know, do you got 24 hours to allocate towards right. You know, can you can you block out five hours a day? Mm-hmm. You know, me, you know, I kind of keep myself at a nice steady pace mm-hmm. when I write. I don't want to overwrite. I don't want to overstimulate myself. Right. But I don't want to underdo it either where I don't where I miss my deadline. Right. Because even going back to the process, I put myself on deadlines. Like, not only with the release date, but, okay, hey, I need to, this day, I want to have it to my editor. Mm-hmm. This day, I want to have my book cover finished. Right. Know, whatever the case. So I, I put myself on deadlines too. Um, and even with the writing process, I put myself on deadlines. Okay, I want to have my, my first uh, rough draft finished by this day. Mm-hmm. And then I want to have my final manuscript by this day. You know, just different stuff like that. Right. But with the writing process, um, just put myself on deadlines okay. and, you know, just, just go into the process. I like that. I like that. Um, so, at what point does public speaking come into play? Like, when, when did you when did you know that you wanted to get in front of people? Like, I've always been in front of people. Uh-huh. Like, that's me. I've always been a people person. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's crazy because I'm outgoing, mm-hmm. but I'm a very private person. Too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like just give me my wife and my kids, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a very people person. I've always been a people person. I've always, like, growing up, I was in sports, so I was uh, captain on sports teams. Um, in school, I used to speak in school sometimes. Uh, you know, just, just different things. Uh, even when I went to jail, and that was prompting me, well, that I shared it in, that, in my first book. Mm-hmm. Um, even being in jail and being 17 and able to stand up in a room full of men, other men, grown men in here, and able to speak to them, speak life into them, that was a game changer for me. I'm like, man, like I'm 17 sitting in sitting in the county jail, and I got older men saying, "Hey, nephew, come come out and come drop some game on my life." Me, like, hold on, put me other way, right, right, right. uh, So I've always been in front of people. I've always just been a talker, you know. Um, But it's not. It's not how much I talk, it's what I talk about. Because mm-hmm. I like to inspire people. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely always love seeing people do good for themselves, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's what that's kind of where the public speaking came in. And then now it turned into more 
uh, formal for the speaking mm -hmm. like this because now it's events, right. you know, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so the, I would say the speaking was before the books. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's what I would say. Right. Yeah. I, normally, is the book get you to your speaking? Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, it, was, it was the other way around. Like I was, I was just talking, speak, uh, speaking to people on the retail, like mm -hmm. not like just, just, just me and me. Right. And it's like people are like, hey man, look, you need to start charging. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you need to write a book, bro. Yeah. You need to, you need to, you need to. I'm like, nah, but this is what I do. I right. like helping. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a speaker in front of people uh, for a while. So mm -hmm. that was actually before the book. So okay, that's <laughs> dope. So, and it's funny that you that you you said it, you explained it that way because public speaking is a fear of so many people. Yeah, like yeah. that's probably one of the number one fears um, or things for people to, to do is get in front of a crowd. And it doesn't, depending on your fear, it doesn't have to be a lot of people. It could be yeah. five people, mm -hmm. you know. How, so it, did you ever have any fear? Oh, yeah, I still do. I, yeah. get, it. I, I, still, I get it right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm in management at my nine to five, mm -hmm. you know. So when I got to get up in these meetings and speak in front of them, right. like, I still get it. But that initial fear is there, but as soon as I start talking, then it just goes away. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, it's just like when I play basketball and we have a big game, mm -hmm. a big high school rivalry game, it's like before the game, I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm get nervous. Butterflies. Yeah, get the butterflies. <laughs> but when that, when that tilt, so when that ball going out, it's over. Now I'm locked in on that defender. Right. And I'm good. I'm focused on the game. Mm -hmm. But if you're leading up to it, oh man, it's good. I, so I still get nervous yeah. right until this day. I'm nervous about my own covers coming right. out <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> and I think that that's a testament to like how much you care about things going well. Like you want it, how you envision it in your head, obviously, is what you want to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that nervous feeling is it, it, normal. And I'm yeah. glad that you didn't say anything about being an introvert, because when I hear somebody say that they're introvert yeah, now, yeah. It, it it's kind of like a trigger point for me because everybody's not an introvert. Right, you right. just scared. Right, you, you just scared. You scared. Yeah, just just say, yeah. say that. Just say you scared because you know, it, even like you said, even you know, being established in speaking, you still get butterflies. It's still that nervousness that comes like right before the event doesn't mean that you're an introvert. Yeah. It just means that, you know, it's normal human behavior. It, it's, it's, <laughs> fear is normal. Right. You know what I'm saying? We, I just learned to face it head on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not run from it. It's, it's something that's normal. It's part of life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We all, I have, we all have different fears every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, and as we progress through life, those fears changes. But we all have fears every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you just face them head on. So that's why. Like, like I said, it's a trigger point when people say, well, I'm an introvert. I can't speak about people in my life. <laughs> or people say, I'm an introvert. I can't. No, people, they tell me they want to be in business. Right. But then they say they're an introvert. And I'm like, okay, well. Or they say, well, I'm an introvert. I, I can't do the customer service. Then you're not ready to be in business. Because part of business is dealing with people. Right. Talking to people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you're not ready to be in business if you allow your fear or your introvertness to get in your way. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's a trigger point for me too. So it's <laughs> like, man, if it's a fear of you, just face it head on. Yeah. It, it's gonna be there anyway. Just face it head on. Go ahead and do it. And a lot of times I've learned facing my fear head on, the situation actually come out better than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I had to fear my head like, oh I'm nervous. I'm scared, man. Like I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I don't know if I'm gonna 
speaking. You know, and the crazy point about it, I grew up stuttering. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I had a bit stutter problem mm-hmm. growing up. I just had to stomp my feet to stutter. Man. And it's like, and it's like, how do I go from stomping my feet to stutter to now speaking in front of people? It's yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I faced that fear. You know, and, and, and I took the necessary skills to learn uh, my speaking skills. Mm-hmm. You know, I took Toastmasters. I took um, even some of my public speaking classes in college, you know. So I, I took different things that, that actually helped me with the skill set because I did not want that. I did not want my stuttering. I didn't want anything to be an excuse why I can't speak freely or right. speak to whoever, you know what I'm saying? So, man, yeah, that's that. That's I still stutter from time to time like now, but not as bad as it used to. Right. But I did not let that stop me mm-hmm. from being a speaker. That's the main thing. The main thing is you yeah. didn't let it stop you. And like you said, look at you now. Yeah. Hosting <laughs> events. So, I mean, you don't go, you don't go straight from stuttering to that. You, you took the necessary steps to work on yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's it. And now you're reaping the benefits from that. That's it. It's a process, man. That's you know, dope. You just go through the process. So, what do you have any tips for anybody who? looking to like overcome that fear of whatever it is that thing that they want to start um overcome that fear that they want to start. i would say just do it because mm-hmm. a lot of people they feel like they gotta wait till the right time mm-hmm. there's never the right time nope. you know what i'm saying never. they never the right time it's just like the whole the whole conversation about marriage people say well i'm gonna get married at the right time never the right time mm-hmm. you're just gonna do it you're gonna you're gonna bet your life with that person mm-hmm. because that's who you that's who you're gonna bet it with. right Scared or not, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta just do it. So you gotta. I feel like when I just go into my okay, yeah, I'm just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And like that's with anything I've done. Like even with this, this this is my first conference I'm doing. By the way, so it's like, hey, man, I'm telling you, like I still get butterflies mm-hmm. about this whole thing. But it's like, nah, just do it. Just do it. I've been I've been holding out for too long. Mm-hmm. I'm telling myself, well, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna not just do it. Don't 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 tell yourself you're gonna do it. Don't. Um, and I will also say um, change your terminology. Change mm-hmm. change how you word things. Mm-hmm. You know, say don't say, "Well, I'll do it." Or I I will see about no, no. I'm going to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll do that. No, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Be intentional. Go back to intention. Mm-hmm. You know, be intentional about what you want to do. So if you know deep down that you want to be a author, speaker. Even if you want to be an NFL player, whatever you want to be, just do it. Put your mind to it and do it. It's, I literally feel like it's nothing out here that we can't do when we put our mind to it. I, I, I legit believe that. That's facts. <laughs> That's facts. Hmm? Commercial break. Okay. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Real Dope Photography is more than just dope photos. It's a celebration of your brand, beauty, and confidence at any stage of your life. Our goal is to capture the greatest moments in your life and the world around you. Visit our website at realdopephotography.com. That's realdopephotography.com. And the real is spelled R-E-E-L. You know, like a real film. Make sure you set up your free consult today. Mention the Too Stubborn to Fail podcast on your booking form in the How Did You Hear About Us section, and you can receive a 20% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Too Stubborn to Fail podcast. We got Jerry Smith in the building today. Um, Just to continue the conversation, um, it's funny that we naturally um, came to this, but 
I already had it kind of scheduled for us to talk about accountability um, because I'm big on holding myself accountable. Yeah, me too, um, me too. You know, it's it's actually a big part of my brain. Yeah, you me know, too. It, it's literally like I could, whenever I feel myself coming to that point of slacking or or just not getting it done, um, I always just look at my wrist and I and I think to myself like. Am I being too stubborn to fail? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's so big for me to come up with a brand that I can not only promote but live. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. and it makes it easier for me to spread that message if it's actually something that I'm doing. So um, we we touched on accountability, um, but and we also touched on you know how you use it. But wh- what are you doing to hold yourself accountable outside of business? So hold myself accountable outside of business. Um, I actually have a uh, life coach okay. that I talk to every week. Mm-hmm. So he on my head every week. Yeah, I'm telling you, um, even days I don't feel like talking. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like talking to him. He's like, Nah, bro, you gotta get on the phone. Yeah. I was like, Hey, bro, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you? So he's on my head holding me accountable, and I wanted that mm-hmm. because that helps hold me accountable. You know. Right. Um, I wanted that that outside force, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But for as for myself, um, I know when I start slacking off, when I get into a, into a phone thing, thing, man, it's like I have to start talking to myself. Like, mm-hmm. What you doing? Like you better than this. What you doing? Like right. pick yourself up, get back to it. You know what you can do. Mm-hmm. Like you know what you can do. Go do it, man. Like, you know. So I'm big on accountability. Mm-hmm. When I leave my team at work, um, I tell the associates, man, accountability. I'm gonna hold you accountable for your job. But I want you also to hold me accountable for my job. Right. And so with myself is I know I have a, I have many different roles I play every day, father, husband, uh, even like I said, and this is stuff outside of business, mm-hmm. you know, that I hold myself accountable every day. And the mm-hmm. biggest thing I hold myself accountable for is making sure I become a better person every day, mm-hmm. a better man every day. Right. So I hold myself I hold myself to a certain standard to make sure I'm improving myself. And mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm not improving I feel like it's always room to improve. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you never, I feel like you never gonna figure out life. You know what I'm saying? There's always something to learn. Mm-hmm. There's always something to improve. And even on yourself, you yeah. learn stuff about yourself. Like, I'll be 30 next month, I'll still learn stuff about myself. Like, man, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it goes, everything goes back to that accountability, man. Mm-hmm. Just not making excuses. Like, uh, that's not like an excuse to me, Jerry. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure you change that excuse mm-hmm. to, Something else. Go go make that. You know? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the kind of stuff I be talking to myself about, mm-hmm. man, man. Like, you know, I, I, I try to stay away from excuses. Mm-hmm. I try to stay away from excuses. So as soon as I start uh, feeling myself, you know, self pitying or excuses, I, I try to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Hold myself accountable and just keep going. Bro, I do not like complaints. Yeah, I can't. I can't that's that. that's I a can't pet peeve of mine. I, just... I don't cut people off too much. <laughs> yeah. I had to. It's like, man, you, that, that energy is yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's a pet peeve of mine. It's just, it, it, it's wasted emotion. It's something that, you know, we should all spend more time focusing on solution rather than mm-hmm. problems. I tell people, man, yeah, one time. You come to me with a complaint. Right. After that, I want a solution. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to keep hearing the same complaint. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and I expect the same thing 
Uh, I expect other people to tell me the same right. thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jerry, did I, Jerry, you got one time. I, Jerry, uh, I heard it last time. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to hear a solution. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like we need those kind of people in our life, and you need that for yourself mm-hmm. to go back to accountability. So you need that. Like, you need that. But a lot of people, man, they they run from that stuff. They mm-hmm. shop from that stuff. They, they want to complain because it's easy to complain. Right. It's easy to just say, oh, my life is over. I mean, it's easy to complain. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to turn the complaint to a solution. So yeah. um, I challenge people find a solution. Find a solution. Sometimes I feel it's important for you to sit in it. And what I mean by that is whatever you got going on, um, you know, it's easy to put a band-aid on it or mm. or complain about it or or not not deal with it head on. But really most of the time, you just need to sit in that and, mm-hmm. and see like how it feels, that problem. Um, getting tired of that problem, like truly tired of it, is the only thing that's going to make you change it. So, you know, grabbing a drink or, or um, putting it off and not thinking about it, that, that stuff can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So yes. sometimes you just got to sit in it and, and realize that this is your situation. And the only person that's gonna get you out of it is you. Is you like you gotta own up to whatever your situation mm-hmm. is. Most of the time, it's you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what it is. You right. know what I'm saying? Like I know you got uncontrollable circumstances sometimes. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like okay. But I ask myself if anything happened to me in my life. I ask myself, okay, what could I have done better? Mm-hmm. Like what could I have done better to prevent that situation right. from happening? Or Preventing from getting that bad, mm-hmm. you know. So if I, for example, if I got myself in a situation where, okay, I lost my job and now I'm out, I don't mm-hmm. got any money or anything. Right. But what was I doing beforehand? Was I saving my money? Right. Spending? You know, what I'm saying what what can I have done better that could have made the situation a lot less stressful? Right. You know, just accountability. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being, I'm I'm hard on myself, really. I guess. Right. <laughs> hey, like I said, like I'm my biggest fan and worst critic. I mean, no, I'm my biggest fan and worst critic at the same time. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I, I pat myself on the back, but I also tell myself, like, you messed up on that one. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, you 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 gotta get that back. Like, yeah, you, you gotta, yeah, because it's your fault why you're in that situation. And <laughs> nobody's coming to save you. And nobody's coming to save you, man. Like nobody, no handout, no mm-hmm. nothing. But that's what people want. A lot of people want handouts. A lot of people, man, I, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, we talked about it. Um, we we touched on it earlier. Uh, but what your work life balance? Um, what what is that like for you these days? Honestly, I wish it was better. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie to you. Um, work life balance um, because being in management at my nine to five job. Um, working outside of that job on my own mm-hmm. business and stuff and also trying to maintain the household uh maintain make sure i still get my girls their time mm-hmm. uh, my wife her time you know just still trying to balance all that um i ain't gonna lie, i struggle with that for the longest mm-hmm. and i ain't gonna hold you i'm just now maybe a few months ago just mm-hmm. now getting to a point where i got good control of my schedule and my time management Time management is a, is a critical key to yeah. So when it comes to work-life balance, mm-hmm. I also wrote about that in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And just go back to that time management. It's, it wasn't until I got more organized and controlled of my time was like I started having a, a okay work life balance. It's still not where I wanted to be at, mm-hmm. but it's way better than what it used to be. Right. Um, so yeah. So but nowadays I'm busy. I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm busy. I'm on the go, man. I'm I'm, I'm I be busy. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> Sometimes I'm too busy for my own good. Though. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't like being just busy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I don't like. I got off work this morning, came here for the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's something I, I'm gonna make it happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I lock it in. Okay, cool. We said that late. Like, work and no work mm-hmm. is not gonna stop me from doing okay what I need to do. But I also know okay, hey, the same amount of time I dedicate to his business or work, I need to make sure I got my dedicated time to my family, to my girls, to the parts of the time. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. So. I'm still working on that work like balance. Right. I'm still trying to wrinkle out some things, but it didn't came a long way though. <laughs> I, I just um not to put you on the spot, but I just always like <laughs> I just always like to get different um entrepreneurs' perspective on that because like you said, every it's not something that's gonna be perfect. Yeah. Um everybody has a different approach and sometimes it's not that much different. Um, but I just always like to get the perspective of business owners on how they how they tackle work-life balance, especially with having a family and a job and a business. That's, would, that's three different lives. Yeah, it is. It is, it is. <laughs> but, and then that's why I would say, man, having a cheat code for me, man, is like having a spouse, man. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you got somebody in your corner, it actually helps your work-life balance. Mm-hmm. She, she, she has a lot of stuff that I'm like, like, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So her help has been helping me get a better work-life balance mm-hmm. because she know how much work that I'm doing. Right. She know what I'm doing. It's been helping me create a better work-life balance for all of us. I would say that's one of the one of the hidden gems, man. You can find somebody that, that that's rocking with you. Mm-hmm. It's like that can help take on some of that load and, and help you out. And it could be it could be little things, even though, I mean, it could be small things mm-hmm. that that that'll help you. That goes a long way. You know, it, it could, I don't know. It could be something simple as, um, I don't know. She had to work clothes out. Mm-hmm. You know, just something simple. Right. I don't know. But anything that uh, somebody can do that can help you, um, and my wife that helped me with my work life balance. She she been a big help. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to her for real. Shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to the wives. You know, we got one in the studio right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can't we can't do it without you. We can't do it without you. Um, that just brings me right along to like, what does your family mean to you? Oh, everything, man. Family, family is probably my number one priority. My, you know, my 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 life coach. My well, he my life slash business coach. Right. Um, sometimes we talk business, sometimes we just talk life. Either way, it goes. You hold me accountable. Right. <laughs> but um, he asks me every week, man, what's your standard on life? What what's your what's your priorities? Mm-hmm. And he asks me that stuff. It's like he really he really be having to think about. It. I'm like. And I don't really have to think much of my priorities. My priorities, my family, mm-hmm. you know, mean everything. Right. And when I say my family, like I used to try so much on trying to, you know, do everything for my extended family, mm-hmm. but that was a lot of draining sometimes. Yeah. So, but my family is my household family, yes. my wife and my girls. Mm-hmm. What am I doing to set them up? Are mm-hmm. they straight? Right. Are, are they straight? Mm-hmm. You know, as long as they straight, I'm good. I'm good. Everything else, kind of. Take care of yourself, mm-hmm. and I can kind of help where I can. But my family mean the world. Like my girl, like just being able to see my girls in a decent neighborhood today. Yeah. I bought my first house last year. 
Congratulations. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So just being able to see them in a neighborhood, they got their own playroom mm -hmm. and not having to grow up in the environments I had to grow up in, mm -hmm. that brings peace. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that, you know, that, and nothing the day, it's family is everything. It's, it's family is everything. Family is business too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Me and my wife, we have a lot of family business talks mm -hmm. um, because we run our household like a business. Right. You know, so she's the CFO of the household. Mm -hmm. I'm the CEO of the household. I'm the head, but she's the CFO. She handled all the finances. Mm -hmm. I got an allowance. She put me on allowance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she's better at financial discipline than I am. Right. I got the knowledge. We both, you know, got the game, but um, and everything we're doing financially, everything mentally, wh whatever it may be, it's all the benefit by our girls, not family. So family is very, very important, man. Like crucial. <laughs> everything you said, I one hundred percent agree. Being being a girl dad, um, what is what is what is that like? Being a girl you, dad, man, <laughs> it's all. Yeah, cause I got two girls. Mm -hmm. I got two girls, and I thought the second one would be a boy. Uh -huh. That's what that's what we was wanting, but we was like, we found one that we like. Mm -hmm. So, but being a girl dad, man, it's a it's a very enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. You know, my girls love they dad, and I feel like it's very important that males, men, especially black men, are in our children a lot. Yes, my girls look at me like I'm their hero. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't see no wrong in it. Right. You know. And it's like, I can, they mom, she'll get on to them, mm -hmm. she'll tell them. But it's like, when I tell them, oh, all right, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's different. But, but just being able to be that, be that leader for my girls, mm -hmm. be that father for my girls, and be that, be that protector for them, be, mm -hmm. that, be that comfort. You know what I'm saying? My, my girls come to me about everything. Mm -hmm. you know? I, and I talk to my girls like humans, you know? I even apologize to them when I'm in the room. You know, yeah, that's how right. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Because that stuff is very important. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a mentality of I'm the parent, you the child, you do what I say. Right. Nah, I can learn from my child. I can learn from my own child. My four-year-old taught me stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so being a girl dad, man, it's very enjoyable. I love it. I, I love everything about being, I love my girls. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, it's, it's so important for us to be present in our kids' lives. And not only as a black man, but as a father of young women, Mm. It, it's so important to give them an example of what a man should look like, what a man should do, what a man should, uh, how a man should treat your mom. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, yeah. it's it's a bunch, it's so many reasons why you should be present in your kids' lives. But I think it goes a step further when we're talking about raising young women mm. because. I, I'm not gonna lie. It's always in my head. Is we got a, we have a three year old um, daughter, and I'm trying to keep up that post. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, whatever I need to do to make sure that she doesn't ever have to feel like she has daddy issues or right, anything right. that she needed from me that I wasn't able to give her. Right. You know that that's something that constantly uh, drives me to be a better father. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't provide a different realm of life for my girls that mm -hmm. I didn't have. Right. You mm -hmm. know? And my dad, man, we got a good relationship today. So mm -hmm. shout out to my dad, but he wasn't there growing up. Right. And it's like, I felt dad growing up. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want my girls to, it's, 
my girls see me every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to make sure that daddy is here every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I got you. <laughs> and I think it's important um, that you said, you know, being, you know what it feels like to have an absentee dad. Not to say that he wasn't in your life, but not in your life how you want to be. Right, or needed to. Or needed to. So it's important that we give our children the things that we didn't have so they don't have those same yeah. feelings. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. big. Um, so, you know, it's that it's that time of the episode. We got to talk about this book, man. What, what, uh, tell me a little bit about what we can expect uh, from, from the so, book. So, uh, the book, Success in My Pray. First off, I, I know a lot of people ask me how I come up with the title. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my model. That's my everyday model, Success mm-hmm. in My Pray. And what that means is, just like a lion goes after his food. Mm-hmm. A lion, when he's hungry, man, you're not going to stop him from eating. Nope. If he <laughs> hungry, he's going to get his prey. Mm-hmm. Same thing with humans. Yeah. It's like success is our prey. What that mean? That prey, your goal, that's your prey. Mm-hmm. So you, whatever goal you got, you want to buy a house, that's your prey. You lock in on that prey, you don't stop until you get it. Mm-hmm. So when I bought my house, I locked in my own, we locked in on it. That's not to do it. That was my prey. I made that my prey. Right. I'm a I'm a lion in my head at heart. So it's like I'm I'm on that ground. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna make sure I see that through. Right. So that's how I came up with the title. That's my model. That's my thought process. Okay. And um, so I wanted to write a book that shared that share 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 that with people. Mm-hmm. You know, success in my prey, but my personal story. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I wrote about growing up, you know, born, you know, growing up in Union, uh, growing up in the environments, had to grow up in, um, talking about um, my facing 20 years of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a convicted felon, mm-hmm. so um, I was homeless in Atlanta. You know, just no different experiences early on in life. It really went like, opened my eyes mm-hmm. in a big way. I'm like, wait. This ain't life. Right. Like I told my boys back then, I said, "Man, I'm done with these streets." Mm-hmm. I said, "That judge told me I'm facing 20 years in prison. Right. I'd be 37 when I got mm-hmm. that. Ain't nah, that mm-hmm. ain't life." Mm-hmm. So when I caught my break, when I caught my break, I'm like, "All right, success in my break." I, and that, and that's where it started. I'm like, "Wait, success in my break?" And then it just went from there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Man, success in my break." And, and as I started changing my life and evolving into a better man, I'm like, "This is my break. It's to get better every day." And I want to share my story, this story, with people so they can, you know, who I can help with it. Because there's other people out there that go through similar circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little worse, maybe a little better, I don't know. But uh, I just wanted to help somebody with it. So, you know, I, I love my first book, Success yeah. My Friend. I love it, man, because I, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm very, I'm very transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like anybody reading the book, man, that's coming, I'm coming from a very, Transparent place mm-hmm. um, where a lot of people I feel like they can maybe relate, and it's like, man, if, if, if that young man can pick himself up, then I can do the same thing. You know, I can get better. So I'm excited to dig into it, man. I really <laughs> I am. Um, this is always the point. Um, we're, we're going to pay some bills real quick, but when we come back, um, we'll get into the two step in the film. Um, so we'll be right back after the word from our sponsors. Built on a passion and love for art, All Things Design is here to create spaces you will love and custom designs and memories that will last a lifetime. All Things Design specializes in event design, 
interior design, corporate design, custom design projects, and home closet organization. And that's just to name a few. Communication is key. We're here for whatever you need. We'll help you solidify your vision and keep in constant contact until your dream is realized. All things designed, a step above the rest. Be sure to book at allthingsdesign.org. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Two Step in the Fail podcast, where we tell stories about overcoming adversity. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Again, we do appreciate the 200 subscribers. We look forward to just growing, growing the podcast, and, and it really means a lot to me that people are tuned in and uh, really learning something from the content. Um, we always like to wrap up the episode with a two-step in the fail moment, basically a moment where you had to overcome adversity that sticks out to you the most. I know there are many. We all got plenty, but what's that one moment that sticks out to you the most? That one moment. <clears throat> like two stubborns fail. Um, one more like two like two stubborns fail. I don't want to use the jail and the homeless and stuff. I mean that that was the beginning, mm-hmm. but um, I would say another moment like two stubborn. Okay, when I went back to BMW, mm-hmm. I, that that's my nine to five. I know BMW. So when I went back there, I was at a company before that. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of my family, everybody was like, don't go back to BMW, don't go back to BMW, you know, it's not good, you, you know, you gonna, even have people tell me I was going to fail. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm, I think I, you know, so anyway, I, I thought on it, the other company, man, they, they offered me more money to stay, mm-hmm. and they had me thinking, so I said, all right, I go back and think on it, so I'm talking to family about it, or other people on it, so I can go into it with mm-hmm. it. And it's like, well, for me, I know what I can do with BMW and help set up me and my family. So uh, I went back and I applied for the job, like the role I'm in now, mm-hmm. just different things like that. And everything has been the history ever since. But in that moment, I knew I was just too too stubborn to fail. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, nah, I can't. I'm going to go back to BMW. Then that ever since, and my decision, even though other people were saying don't go back, I still made that decision to go back. I went back and it done paid off tenfold. Mm-hmm. So, but that because, like you say, you know, I, I that moment was a, that that that's a that's a two two stubborn to fail moment. Mm-hmm. I was too stubborn to listen to the people that are telling me not to do it. Right. I was too stubborn to to listen to the like I said the naysayers. Listen to this. Listen to that. Um, Listen to my own doubt, uh, doubts, because mm-hmm. people telling me that stuff created doubts in my mind. Right. I'm like, man, is this really the best decision? You know. But nevertheless, I made that decision and it paid out tenfold, man. So um, everything been going good with it. God, you know, bless God on that. I'm like, God bless on that. So I appreciate that. But um, yeah, that was my two stubborn affair. I, I feel like I was just too stubborn just to listen to them people tell me what. I shouldn't be doing when I do in my heart what I should be doing. Okay. So. Yeah, that was a dope moment. Appreciate you for sharing that. Um, where can the people find you? Oh. All, all your social media platforms. Um, okay. Where can they get the book? Uh, basically everything. What, what? Yeah, so I'm on um, my website um, where they can order my book. 
both book, both copies of my book, um, my new book called Rich Attitude, mm-hmm. What I Wish I Learned About Money Growing Up. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so they can find both copies of my book and tickets to my conference next month on my website, jandersinspires.com. Um, they can find me on social media, Facebook, J, uh, Jared J. Anders Smith, mm-hmm. um, Instagram, jandersinspires.com. I mean, no, Instagram, jandersinspires, mm-hmm. my bad. Um, yeah, and those are social media that I'm on. That's my website. That's how I've been doing. I've just been chilling. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And you did mention it almost. I can't get out of here without talking about the conference. Um, what what is what is the event that you're you're getting ready to host, and what can the people expect from that event? Oh man, so this is a uh, business and professional networking event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs the system my free conference. Mm-hmm. So obviously, being behind my first book, being behind my model. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a business and professional networking company. So I'm, I got I got business owners, I got um, professionals, I got executives coming out that's gonna be out there just networking and uh, it's 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 just a networking event. But I got speakers, I got a panel of speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some <laughs> got some more time millionaires in the building that's mm-hmm. gonna be there. I got a lady flying there from Texas um, speaking on the trucking industry. She mm-hmm. on like 140 trucks. Ooh. So yeah, so she gonna come in and drop some game. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so what people can expect, man, is just expect to come and pick up a lot of gems from people that's smarter than me mm-hmm. and people that are in way more advanced positions than me. Like I'm around, I'm connected with, I'm around people that got way more money than me. Right. But it ain't even about the money. Right. It's about the content, the gems that they can bring. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to put together a conference because I know a lot of people, they say, well, I wish I could network. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew this. But well, my goal was to, okay, well, let me see what I can put together. Mm-hmm. Put everybody in one room. Right. And we can network. We can talk. We're going to drop some games. And you're going to have a good time. You know, mm-hmm. And it's my 30th birthday on that day. So nice. I'm going to tie them to my birthday celebration okay. at the end. I like so. that. I got the red carpet. I, it, it's gonna be pretty nice. It's gonna be pretty right. nice. And, and if you need, if you need to step in the field to pull up and cover this event, we'll be happy to do man, so. I, yeah, I think we actually need to talk about yeah. that. That yeah. sounds dope. That sounds dope. Like I said, we I'm listening thirty days away. I just had a meeting with my team yesterday. We're like, we're in crunch time now. Mm-hmm. I'm listening thirty days away. So, so we right here tidying up everything. Right. I'm glad to put the first touches on it. But um, I'm pretty excited about it. It is my first one. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty excited about it, man. It could be in Greenville, mm-hmm. right there in Greenville, South Carolina. So um, I'm loving it. I, I'm loving the process. Yeah, I'm loving the process, but I think a lot of people are going to be able to pick up a, uh, some gems from it. Okay. A lot of good stuff from it. I like it. So just to clarify, um, give us give us the date, the location, time, oh, yeah, and, if it, right. and if it if it costs. It's um, October 9th, okay. which is my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so October 9th. Um, doors open at one thirty. Okay. The event start at three. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a book signing for my new book at two fifteen that day. So mm-hmm. I'm do a book signing um, for people that come out from the rock. Yeah, start at three. It ends at seven. Um, Fifty dollars general admission. Mm-hmm. It's ninety five for the VIP uh, limited VIP. Mm-hmm. I can only bring in fifty people in the VIP. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, limited VIP um, vendor opportunities are available also. So I got uh, vendor, vendor, vendor slots available. Those are 70 of them. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, so those are some of the details on it, man. Uh, 
I'm just like, again, I'm just excited, man. I got I got six speakers on the panel, mm -hmm. and then I got um, I got uh, uh, I got Moody Black with some poetry. Mm -hmm. So I got I, I got a little bit of entertainment. Right. Too. It, it's I didn't want it to just be a a Q and A. Right. I, I didn't want it to just be a uh, just a traditional business and networking company where you go and you just listen to people speak all day. Mm -hmm. and, you know, nah, I want some entertainment in it. I want some flavor in it. Mm -hmm. um, so I got Moody Black doing some poetry. Um, I got a gift that segment where we talking about the importance of giving back as business owners and just as people, man, just giving back to each other, giving back to the community. Um, so yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it, man. That's dope. Excited. That's so, dope. This is so much bigger than just a conference. This is an event. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like for me, it's like, man, like this is really something that I feel like, because again, I'm in the people business, right? So, I'm a people person. I've always been, and I've always known a good bit of people. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, okay, well, how, what, what can I do that can really? How can I help this business owner? How can I help this business? I might not have the answers for it. But I connect you with somebody who do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I can connect you with somebody who do. Mm -hmm. Like people ask me all the time, can I help my writer? Well, I can, but I know my schedule mm -hmm. is a little hectic. Right. But I know somebody who got a publishing company. Mm -hmm. She can help you just as much as I can. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I don't mind passing the passing the baton. I don't mind putting you on. So this, this event is about uh, bringing my network of people that I know mm -hmm. out so they can drop gems and gain. On, um, for other people, and this is for aspiring business owners, people that's already business owners, mm -hmm. um, like that. So it's gonna be pretty dope, man. It's gonna be pretty dope. I'm pretty excited about it. So, so I can't wait. Uh, you got me excited. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for it. Um, but before we get out of here, is there any closing remarks? Any any uh, words of encouragement? Anything that you want to leave us with? Yeah, man. I would say um, every day. When you wake up, just aim to be better than you were yesterday. Um, set your goals in life. Be intentional about your goals. Make those goals your prey, mm -hmm. and don't stop until you see them through, man. Like don't don't stop until you see those goals through. I don't care what the goal is, how big it is, and even and, and I even encourage people to set big goals. Mm -hmm. I, I challenge you to set big goals so you can grow into the person for those goals. Mm -hmm. So. Even though you may not be this mega business owner, don't mean that it won't grow into that. Set big goals and just keep going, just keep going, don't stop. So um, I just love inspiring people. So I like motivating people. I motivate my team at work, from in work, out of work, at home, my girl, wife, whatever. And I just, I tell everybody, I tell them, and I tell everybody the same thing, never stop. Just keep going. Just, just, just keep getting better. Mm -hmm. Always be a student of life. That, that, that's my biggest thing. Always, it's something you can learn every day about life. Mm -hmm. You're never gonna have life figured out. Nobody is. Nobody got a man with life. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody has a man with a parenthood or anything. This stuff you, you learn as you go. I'm still learning how to be a father every day as I go. Yeah. You know. So, for that reason, just have patience with yourself, but also just, just keep going, man. Just, I would be a student. I tell education is important. Be a student first. Be a student of life, man. So many gems dropped on this episode, bro. I appreciate you coming out. I, I really do. I, mean, I love it. I love the name of this. Yeah, I love the name. I love the logo. I love everything about it. So keep doing what you're doing with this, man, because you you creating a platform 
where you allowing uh, other business owners to just share their stories or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. man. And you know, in return, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see you go from two hundred to two thousand to mm-hmm. two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You gonna go? Let's claim that. Yeah, you gonna claim that. You gonna go? Yeah, man. So yeah, keep yeah. doing what you're doing, man. Still positivity. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming out. Um, so we're just wrapping up another. Dope episode of the Two Stubborn to Fail podcast. We had Jared Anderson building the day, Jared Smith. Um, and we are signing out.